Join me every month for the inspiration to find your finish line. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Find Your Finish Line, presented by Curad Performance, the official medical supplier of Ironman. I'm Mike Riley, and it's not only about you being able to find your finish line at a race or an event, but also in life. I'll talk with successful people from all backgrounds that have jumped those hurdles to get to where they are today, and they keep jumping them to keep moving forward. And my guest today, I'm very excited to have on the show, Shannon Spake. Her resume is quite impressive. NASCAR reporter, journalist, NFL sideline reporter, Ironman 70.3 athlete, and just recently finishing the Chicago Marathon. Hello, Shannon. And I'm supposed to be an Ironman finisher as of this weekend. I was supposed to hear you say those words in Kona. Um, but of course, things change and we adjust, uh, and I'll have to wait till next year, Mr. Riley, to, uh, I to hear know, those I, words. I, <laughs> I, and we're going to talk about that because so many, obviously, people were in your shoes, and and some have adjusted well, and some haven't. Uh, so we'll talk about that. But the other thing in your resume, which I think is so totally cool, that you got to be the voice in the Pixar Cars three movie. And, and your name was Shannon Spokes. How cool was that? It was pretty awesome. My kids loved it, too. They were in, yeah. uh, I think they were in first grade when that movie came oh. out, which was just, I mean, it was, I was the coolest mom ever. Uh, they don't care that I get to interview John Calipari or go to national <laughs> championships or, uh, you know, do any of that stuff. They just thought it was cool that I got to meet Lightning McQueen and um, and, and call a pit stop for those guys. So, yeah, it was uh, it was really an honor. Uh, I think one of the things that meant the most to me, Mike, was the fact that there are so many women in our sport in NASCAR. And I was sort of representing that, um, the, all of us, right, in this movie, because there were very few female uh, roles in the Cars movie, and, um, and and I was one of them. I, I was standing at Daytona with some of the actors and some of the, the men um, that work for Fox Sports and NBC that were in the movie as well, and I was like the lone woman, and it really kind of hit me there that I was uh, representing all my friends and, and all the moms and the wives and the girlfriends and uh, the, the reporters and the PR folks. And, and all of that stuff. So it was really cool. Well, that's why that's why I really wanted to have you on as a guest because obviously, and, and I was I was gonna ask this a later little later on, you know, you've been doing this quite a while as a journalist and TV reporter, sideline, and you you knew when you came in you were in a male-dominated business. Uh, did that intimidate you or did that it push you forward to say, you know what, I can do this as well as anybody? Well, I've always had that mindset for sure that I can do this as well as anybody because no one's going to outwork me. I don't care um, if, yeah. if you're a guy or a girl. Uh, I, I think that hard work is genderless and I think people pay attention and they recognize when you work really hard. As far as being intimidated, I, I don't necessarily think I was intimidated. I've always been sort of the, the confident, independent girl, woman, whatever, teenager who could kind of sit at the guy's table and, and, and you know, be part of that group. But I do think I was 
uh, very aware of being a woman and very aware of like what I wore and how I looked. I think times have drastically changed nowadays. Thank goodness. Girls can be girls. They can look beautiful. They can look sexy. They can do all these things and still do a really good job. But I think 15, 20 years ago when I came in, I was wearing business suits. I was, you know, buttoned up. I had my hair back. I, I wanted to, uh, look as professional as I possibly could. And I, I kind of do air quotes because that's what I I thought uh, it looked like. So I was very aware of those things when I was uh, when I was first starting. And I I love the fact that we can be women now. We can be beautiful. We can be sexy. We can we can really celebrate who we are um, and and um, and all the hard work that we do to kind of uh, to 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 be the people that we are. And, and I think that's great. Well, Shannon, did you do you remember like that? Uh, and and it's interesting when you say business suits. I was mm-hmm. thinking back of 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 reporters and hosts dressed just like that. Do you remember the like the moment or the time or the show where you know what I can I can put a dress on. I can do this. I I don't need to be looking like the guy next to me. Do you remember that turning point? No, because I think it's still happening for me just because I did sort of start in a time where it was, um, you know, a little more uh, formal, I guess, conservative. And so I, I feel like I'm still pushing those those limits and pushing those boundaries. And then as I get older, obviously, there are a lot of things that 45-year-old Shannon shouldn't be wearing. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'm like, maybe that skirt's just a little bit too short um, for me. It looks beautiful on, on you know, my some of the other uh, women that I work with. Uh, but but for me, I, I think for me, the biggest thing is just being comfortable. As you know, this is a it's a uh, physical medium. It's a it's a visual medium. Um, but I think for me, if I'm not comfortable in what I'm wearing, I don't care what it looks like. And, and I'll be the first one to be like, I'm not going to wear that. I am going to wear that. This is what I like. Uh, again, I, I just think being comfortable because you really have to, as you know, I, I've, I've talked to young women and men getting into this industry. And I tell them that the number one thing is to just eliminate the distractions. It's got to be you and it's got to be that camera. And that's that's it. And so anything that can be distracting to you, um, particularly maybe like what you're wearing or how you're feeling that day, um, I think it's really important. Well, I, it reminds me because you're so professional. And I've sat as a guest on, on, on the table with the interviewers. And, and when we worked together at the Ironman Foundation uh, benefit in New York City, uh, it was the first time and we're in the dressing room together and you're getting all ready and the whole deal. And you kind of intimidate. I go, okay, I better go take a look at myself. Because usually, I remember Shannon, I'm the guy that wakes up in the morning, brushes his teeth, don't care about the hair because I know I'm going to wear a hat for 19 hours, you know, out in the sun and all that good stuff and just go do the deal. And I go, oh, my gosh, the preparation of getting ready. I don't know if I could I could pull that off. There's a lot to do. <laughs> well, I will tell you that when I did my first 70.3 in Raleigh, it was probably 93 degrees and I got <laughs> off the bike and I had too many electrolytes. I'm I'm farting. I'm um, <laughs> running down my nose. I, I'm pouring water. Over my head, and I'm literally like, I am the most disgusting I am ever going to be, and my or ever have been right at this very moment. Thank goodness I have this hat on, and no one can really see what's going on under this. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm totally fine in in that in that um space as well. <laughs> 
Well, we, we, too, too bad we didn't know that about you and put a camera on you at that oh moment. That God. would have been the best. It was so bad. <laughs> so you've got a background which explains to me, and I think it'll explain to others, your work ethic, because your father was a Marine, your grandfather and great-grandfather were in the Corps. Yeah. Your mom was in the Navy, a military background. My, my first question is, how did you not put on a uniform? Huh. <laughs> Well, that's a good question, right? Or, or at least get like have a husband who's in the military or yeah. something like that. Uh, well, I, so my dad went into the reserves when I was three. So I wasn't around it my whole life. No. Very early on, I was born on a naval base in Meridian, Mississippi. My sister was also born on a naval base. Uh, and we did go to change of commands throughout, um, throughout my oh. youth, uh, which was really cool to be a part of. Uh, I, so I, 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 can't join the military because of the rods that are in my back. I honestly, that's the truth. Uh, it, it, I don't necessarily think it would have been a way that I would have gone. Um, but, uh, but I, I listen, I, you know how I feel about Mike Ergo and all of the other military folks that I see and hear and, and talk to and having that connection with my father and my grandparents and my mother, it, it is a great source of pride for me, 100%. I mean, I've been able to go to Pearl Harbor and I've been able to do stuff on on military bases. And every single weekend when I see uh, the military, whether it be at NASCAR or the NFL, I, I you know, I, I tell them my connection. And I'm again, I'm very, very proud uh, to be part of a military family. What What lesson do you think it's taught you the best about life? Ooh, um, I think discipline, I think, um, discipline, I think, uh, loyalty, uh, sacrifice. I, I wish that I could be as, as selfless as, um, some of the people that I know, um, some of the people that I've met. I, I just think it's, um, it's an incredible, it's an incredible, it's incredible what they do for all of us, people that they don't even know. Well, I alluded to it at the beginning that you had have just run the Chicago Marathon because you you didn't weren't able to go to Kona, no. and that that's a tough transition, you know. But you 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 took something that was a negative and turned it into a positive. When you were running Chicago, uh, what thoughts were going through your mind on on you know what this is good this is what I needed to have. I mean, what thoughts were going through your mind? Because you couldn't go to Kona, but here you were running a great marathon in Chicago. Yes. I don't know if you're aware of this, but in 2018, when I was training for Ironman Florida, (laughs) two weeks before that event, Hurricane Michael, uh, you know, it prevented that event from happening. And so I ran the the New York marathon uh, that weekend. And uh, so, and, and so this is the second time that I've I've been able to make that transition. Um, I honestly, I, I forget how hard marathons are. And everybody says that the straight up marathons are harder than doing the Ironman events, the full Ironman, which I can't understand how that's true. Uh, it's funny. I, I, I heard the announcers throughout the course, people on the microphones and I kept going, is that Mike? Is Mike here? <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> Seriously, I, I I was like, sounds like Mike Riley. <laughs> Mike they didn't get Mike to come out here, did they? Um, uh, I think uh, it was really amazing to be a part of it. It was amazing to see the crowd support. It was amazing to be one of, I think, 27 or 28,000 people right. just a year and a half removed from us not being able to leave our homes. And for a lot of folks that were at that start line, 
this was their first event since the pandemic. It was really emotional for a lot of people because as you know, this is therapy for a lot of us to be able to get out and do these events and be part of these, uh, these spectacular um, feats, uh, athletic feats, and to meet other people. And so it was really nice to be part of this group. The crowd support was incredible. Uh, there were it's about 75% of the time, Mike, I couldn't even hear the music that was pumping into my headphones. Yes, we could wear headphones on the on the marathon, yeah. like the Ironman. Um, no, no, not an Ironman. No, <laughs> not no. an Ironman. It's it's all mental in Ironman too. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was really incredible to be a part of it and and to to reach my goal, which was uh, under four hours. A lot of times when I go into these events, Mike, I just go into it to have fun. I'm not obviously a pro who's going to win. I just go to have a good time. This time I set a goal for myself. So there was a, um, it was, it was a different kind of race for me for sure. Trying to reach that goal. Well, I, I love how you mentioned the therapy because so many, so many of our uh, peers, age group athletes and pros have told me, you know, this, this is my therapy. I call it medication in motion yeah. and it's, it really, it, you know what? It works. And and one of the coolest things I saw, Shannon, was a picture of you with your twin boys after the race. And, uh, you know, actions speak louder than words. That had to be a proud moment of, of you being able to get a picture with the boys and them seeing you run that race. So my kids have obviously been around. I, I started doing triathlons in 2014, but they're 11. So that they were three or four when I started to do them. Yeah. They're at the age now where they they get it and they get that mommy's doing things with the boys and mommy's out there with, you know, doing these things. And they're also running cross country right now. And so they also oh. understand how hard it is to go out on a course and push yourself and get a PR and do all of those things. And I think it was really cool for them to see all of the athletes to be part of that. And I, it may, it gets me really emotional. Like when I, when I cross that finish line and they're right there and they are so proud of me. And that is, um, yeah, we all question Mike, we're, we're on bikes for seven hours. We're running for four hours. We're tired half the day. We're, you know, totally messed up getting, you know, while we're preparing mentally for races and it makes you go, am I doing the right thing? Should I be around more? Should I be more present? And then you have moments like that and you realize that what you're doing really is, um, it means something. Yeah, it really does mean something. And, and, having the opportunity to be at finish lines, Shannon, some of the best parts for me is looking into the spectators and seeing the young ones and knowing they've got moms or dads or uncles coming in, but they're also watching everybody else like, oh my gosh, there's more people like my mom and my dad out there. I, I thought it was just them doing this crazy thing yeah. and it opens up a whole new world to them. So good for you. The boys started seeing that at three years old and yeah. it will influence them for the rest of their lives. Uh, when, when you are able to, because so many age groupers have to juggle, they juggle life. You, you juggle yeah. a huge job. You juggle the raising of your kids. You juggle a marriage and, and everybody always asks, how do you do it? And I know it's a very hard one to answer, but what do you think that formula is in your life that you're able to balance that and, and have a good life? 
Well, it's, it's, you know, you use the word balance loosely because I don't ever really think that there is a balance when you're, when you're getting really close to events and you are doing these crazy times. There's a lot that, that falls to the side. Marriage, uh, sometimes being present. Um, and, and it's just that sacrifice that you have to realize that you're making at that very moment for, for yourself. There's so many different things that I've pulled from people over the years. Um, Kelly Earnhardt um, is uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s sister. I did a podcast with her, and and she she once said like you you're filling everybody else's cup throughout the day. You're filling your kids' cups, your husband's cups, your work's cup, your work cup. Uh, who fills your cup? What what is it that fills your cup? And so I I do try to keep that in mind that this is what fills my cup, uh, and and not just the physical act of doing it, but being part of the Ironman Foundation. Uh, I do say a lot, Mike, that that the physical activity of getting to that start line and training, it's what allows me to meet people like yourself or like the pieces or like Mike Ergo or, or like any of the amazing human beings that I've met. And being part of the Ironman Foundation has added a whole new layer to what fills my cup. Um, but in terms of doing it all, like you have to wake up really early. You have to be very disciplined. Yeah. You have to get up at four and sometimes maybe three forty-five. you know, I mean, and, and you got to go to bed early and you have to, uh, have a really good, great support system and a great calendar and schedule things and, um, and plan ahead. But Ironman, uh, triathlon, endurance sports, it's my, it's my lighthouse. It's what keeps me on that straight course. And the structure that it gives me is really important in my life to make me better at everything that I do. Well, in your work world, uh, with all the other people you deal with, whether it's a cameraman or a guest host or whomever it is, do you see the influence of what you're doing wearing off on some of them? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I get text messages all the time or, or DMs from people who say, I signed up for a 5K because of watching what you've done. I signed up for a 10K. I, I don't like, I, I battle with um, the amount of stuff that I put on social media because I don't want to seem like I'm patting myself on my back or, or promoting things that I do. But when I get those messages from people who say, you've really inspired me by what you do and the fact that you post this and you show us it, it can be done, that's what, that's what really means a lot. It, it, it really does. And, and there are people that I work with who are like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do a 5K. I'm going to do this. And they're super excited and it's awesome. You know, I tell people out there when we're running a 5K or a 10K and they're like, oh, I'm so slow. I'm like, you're faster than the person sitting on the couch right now. Just remember that. Just remember you got up this morning and you're doing this and that's awesome. And um, I, you know, it's, it's a huge part of my life. So I love sharing it with everybody. Have you ever been, uh, I, I know there's nerves that play into it, but a little bit scared to either go on the air or do an interview or walk up to, to a person and go, you know, almost kind of on a cold thing after a game. Does that scare you a little bit that, oh my gosh, how am I going to do? Or, or do you get by that by just great preparation? Well, yes. So uh, preparation is key. If I am not prepared for something, I am nervous, period. If I, if I walk into an interview with a player or a driver or whatever, and I don't know sort of this, what's going on in their world, and they can throw something at me that I'm not ready for, absolutely, I'm nervous. I used to be so nervous I all the time. I remember interviewing Tony Stewart, and I, I swear that the mic was going to pick up my heartbeat because it was <laughs> beating so hard and so loud because I was so nervous. 
Absolutely. As I've gotten older and closer, I think, to that 10,000 hour limit, it's not so much nerves as it is just, A, I'm, I'm anxious to get this game started. Let's just get it started. I want to do it. Um, it's also realizing that you're representing a lot of people who have worked really, really hard to put this product on the air. And your 30 second report uh, is not just about you messing up. It's about you representing everybody that's part of this crew. And so I take that really, um, I, I, I take that very seriously. Uh, as far as like walking up to somebody, so I got to interview Bill Belichick for the first time um, wow. a couple of weeks ago. And people were like, so how was he? And I'm like, he's everything I wanted him to be. <laughs> he was, in, I wanted him to be like one word answer because if he would have like given me like a long answer, I would have been like, huh. <laughs> Cause you expect him to be like Bill Belichick. And so I asked him like, Hey, where do you need to see more consistency in the game? And he's like, everywhere. <laughs> like, okay. So I asked him another question. Um, I don't take it personal. I think that's the biggest thing. I think you cannot take anything personal. And I tell people that all the time because it's not about me and what I'm asking him. It's about his team and what's going on in his space. I'm asking a question. We're, we're all professionals. We know that I've got to ask that question. Um, but anything that happens, you can't take it personal. He's, he's, He's not worried about me. He's worried yeah. about his team. Yeah. And uh, and I think that once I really got that and grasped that and, and believed that myself, didn't just say that as like, you know, advice to somebody, uh, it, it it's not nerves anymore. It's, you know, it's just like, this is my job. I'm going to do it and um, and let's do it. But you don't always know what you're going to get when you walk up to someone no. to interview them. I mean, you know, the Belichick personality is well known and all yeah. that good stuff. But what about a player? You, you know, you walk up to a six foot four, 240 pound tight end and never really talked to him before. Uh, is that like a gamble? Um, so, um, I, you know, I, I don't think so. I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't use the word gamble. I think everybody has different personalities. You know, some people are very quiet. Some people aren't. Some people are shy. Some people are focused. And, and I understand that more than most being an athlete and, and know what my morning, my race mornings are like when I'm focusing and sort of going through my game plan. So again, I don't take it personal because I do realize that there's a lot of things going on. It's not about me. You know, it's, it, if they don't give me the answer that I, that I was hoping for, that's not like that. Maybe that's, maybe they don't answer it the way that I was hoping that they would answer it. And I just have to realize that everybody's different and every situation's different. I think it's about building relationships. So Mike, and I think it's really important for me to just, even if I don't need something from somebody to walk up and say, Hey, how's it going? You know, thanks for taking a few minutes earlier this week on the phone to chat with me. I appreciate it. I don't even have anything to ask you right now. I just wanted to say hi. And I think that that building those relationships is in in anything in in life is is uh it's what gets you from point A to point B. But boy, that's got to be really relevant in your world because you know what the the, the media uh perception is of everybody going all oh, the media just wants to get what they want to get and they don't care about the person or the athlete or the interviewee uh, but if you break that down and build that relationship that's where you see success isn't it it's all about relationships it's it's all about how you treat people that's all you've got at the end of the day and um, my 30 second report my questions that i asked that stuff is is uh is 
just momentarily who I am and what I represent and the way that I go about my business is what's going to define me as a person and, and as, um, and as a professional and, and, and anything. So, uh, I think relationships are, are the most important thing to me. Hold on everyone. We'll be right back after a message from our sponsors. Even after 40 years on the microphone at thousands of events, welcoming hundreds of thousands of athletes to the finish lines, I am still in awe by the incredible endurance of each and every athlete and what you display. The physical exertion, the sweat, and the challenges you put your body through deserve a level of support that match your dedication. As the official medical supplier for the Ironman US Series, Curiad Performance Series lineups of wraps, tapes, bandages, supports, and braces give you, the serious athlete, and weekend warriors alike, the optimal support needed to keep moving, including new far infrared kinesiology tape technology, which reduces energy made through body heat, back to targeted areas to help you heal faster and enhance performance. So don't you let sprains and muscle pain hold you back. Recover smarter and shop the entire Curad Performance Series on Amazon. Well, I have to tell you about an interview that I watched uh, sometime back, and I rewatched it again of you, of my idol, uh, Jimmy Johnson, because Jimmy is a San Diego boy. He grew up in El Cajon in East County here in San Diego, and followed him from when he was doing dirt tracks out in El Cajon, you know, years ago. But now it's your job, and I'm going to put this on you, Shannon. You got to get him to do an Ironman. So unfortunately, um, he has decided to go do IndyCar uh, for at least a a year or two because he's absolutely interested in doing an Ironman. We've talked about it many times uh, and he just doesn't have the time right now because of uh, because of when our schedule is. Obviously, when he was doing NASCAR, that was a big thing. He went and ran the Boston Marathon, which we talked about in that interview. And uh, and he's done a 70.3 and he's a great athlete. He does. It's funny, Mike, I was I was doing um, competing in um, one of his events. He did a charity uh, triathlon. It was a sprint triathlon here in the area. And I I was lined up next to a guy who was like, yeah, I was I was running against Jimmy and he beat me like I I really wanted to beat him, but he beat me. And I'm I'm like, you do realize like he's a professional athlete, right? Like he might race cars, but he's still a professional athlete. And like he's and they're like, yeah, but, you know, I mean, he's a he's a race car driver. I could I could beat him. I'm faster than him. I'm like and Jimmy's really good. And and Jamie McMurray's another one. He won't swim. He doesn't like to swim. Uh, but he did uh, uh, his Boston qualifier in 253, I think it was. Oh, whoa. <laughs> I know. He is so fast. Um, and Matt Kenseth was on, uh, who's a former race car driver. He was uh, at Chicago this past weekend. And I want to say he did, he did his in like three and change, 310, I think something like that. So yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're pretty good athletes, despite the fact that they put a helmet on and get inside a race car for, uh, for (laughs) but Jimmy wants to do one. And I believe me, if anyone has stayed on, on that with him, it's, it's definitely been me. Okay, good. I can't, that, 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 that'll be fantastic. Uh, so tell us, tell us a story, Shannon, about, because I've done it, you know, when we're live and you mess up, Everybody hears it, and uh, hopefully it's just a, you know, not a bad mess up, but tell us about a time when you were on air and something happened, you messed up, and it turned into a funny deal. I mean, that has had 
probably happened to you a few times. Oh, lots of times. Yeah, I um, uh, there was a basketball player that played for um, uh, shoot UConn. Um, I'm I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. Um, oh, I just can't remember his name, and that was a problem. I couldn't remember his name then either. Uh, <laughs> and and, um, uh, and it just it like it just goes like it. Sometimes you're it's it's like in normal life, right? Sometimes you're like, man, I I forgot what my train of thought. Like, what was I gonna say? Oh, oh yeah. But unfortunately, when that red light is on and you've got 30 seconds and, and they're counting down, you don't have the luxury to pause and try to catch your thought. You better be ready to go. Uh, so, yeah, I've messed up a lot, a lot <laughs> um, and still do. But I think it's different now for me when I mess up because I realize that that mess up's not going to define me or it's not going to people aren't going to judge my body of work on this one mess up. And uh, you got to just roll with it. But um, and, and I laugh at almost all of my mistakes <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I mean, if you can't look back and 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 laugh at like your growth and your learning experiences and and the speed bumps that you've gone um, over along the the journey, I think um, yeah. I, I mean, someone else is laughing at it. You better laugh at it yourself too. Yeah, yeah. You, you've got to find humor in yourself. If you don't, you're going away. Totally. <laughs> you just really have to. So besides triathlon. What other sport, is there any other sport that you like to play? I, I know it's a time factor thing, but I don't know, golf, tennis, pickleball? What? No, no, and I'm not like, um, I'm a straight line person. I don't have very great coordination, yeah. so I can't do like mountain biking or I can't do trail running or, uh, you know, any of those things. Um, no, actually, I mean, it's just the triathlon. It's running, it's, it's uh, swimming and biking and I actually don't even really like the swimming and the biking part of it most of the time. <laughs> I swear there's people that love, I know you love to bike and, you know, go out on those long rides. And I just, oh, like sometimes. Really? I, you it, don't? Yeah, no, it's, it's, I'm not like, I'm not like a, I, I'm not like a cyclist that loves to be out there riding for five, six, seven hours. Um, and, and swimming, I enjoy swimming and I enjoy what I feel like after I swim. I hate getting in the pool. I hate getting in the pool. I hate getting in the open water. It's that moment between like standing there and actually getting in. That's the hardest part for me. And then once I'm in, I'm good. I grew up as a swimmer, so I, I do enjoy it. But it's, oh, it is a mental challenge to actually get in uh, to the lake or two. And I hate open water swimming. I swim with my eyes closed the whole time because I see sharks. Like I'm like, there's a shark. There's an alligator. I swear, there's an alligator. And I'm in a lake, you know, so... I start to see stuff, um, but it's uh, it's it's part of the whole process. And again, it's part of being able to meet the people that I've met and do the things that I do. Well, let me tell you, next <laughs> October when you're in Kona, you're going to see the prettiest little fishies below you. Sharks? In Kailua. Like I see sharks? It, no, you're not going to see. And there's no sharks there. Jellyfish pretty, though, Mike. There's jellyfish. Uh, no, okay, there might be a few jellyfish. Just swim the other way. That's all you got to do. <laughs> Shannon, who are your who are your mentors? Is there someone you go to and go, "You know what? I need to have a conversation and get back online or whatever." Is it is it your husband? Is it your best friend? Who any mentors you have? I have um I, I certainly have had mentors over the years. Now I feel like it's more like my my friends, my my peers. Uh, I, I go to my, one of my bosses, um, uh, she's a woman, she's, she's a little younger than I am, but I really feel like we have great conversations about 
just like not necessarily just career stuff, but just being and, and, and how to navigate things. Jamie Little is a very good friend of mine and has been for about uh, 15 years. So I, we, we absolutely lean on each other. Um, Marty Smith is a, is a very good friend of mine and has been for a very long time. And, and I do find myself leaning on people who are also going through similar experiences, A, that they're in this industry, B, that they're parents. Um, and I think that, the, that that's important because um, what we do, the amount of time that we're away from home, the, the platform that we're on, uh, the, um, exposure that we have, all of that stuff. I feel like, uh, the people that I can kind of lean on can relate to that maybe in a way that my husband can't. Certainly my husband is a huge source of, um, I go to him for a lot, right? I, I lean on him. I talk to him a lot. Uh, but in terms of like what I'm going through specifically at this moment, I feel like people who are also going through that can really relate. Did you get, have you, have you done a workout or a run after Chicago at all this week? Have you I done anything? I barely walk. I, <laughs> my knees, I woke up the other night and I was like, I felt like I had had surgery on my legs. My <laughs> legs were so sore. I had to host a, uh, a breast cancer, a cure for a breast cancer benefit last night. And I was so tired, Mike. I was like, you know what? I better switch to white wine. It's got sugar in it. <laughs> That's the only way I'm going to stay awake. Um, but yeah, I, I, like I said, this marathon, I, this was my fourth. The first one I did, I did with my father. We did Disney and my time was 545 because I stayed with him. The second one I did was New York, um, which was the following year. That was in 05, I think. And my time was 4.45. When I did New York again in 2018, my time was 4.03. And this time I really wanted to get under four. And it was a real mental, emotional, physical, spiritual challenge. Everything about it to be at mile three and, and looking down at my, my pace every yeah. 30 seconds and wondering if I would be able to sustain, uh, for four hours. And it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. You, you actually, you actually build yourself up and break yourself down mentally almost every mile when you do that. It's, it was a lot. It was a, it was a, it was a journey that I had not experienced because of <laughs> the goal that I like, and now you, you kind of know what these pros go through and I'll never be a pro. I'll never know what it, what it, what I have to hit a two hour half marathon or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like this was my one go at it because when I go do Ironmans, I am not, I mean, I'm like, I'll finish before the cutoff and, and I'm good. <laughs> I don't, what, you know, <laughs> You you mentioned earlier about people you couldn't you can't understand when people say well running a solo marathon uh, is harder than doing it at the end of an Ironman. My son in 2013 finished Ironman Arizona in April of 2014. He's running Boston, and I kind of knew he didn't really put a whole lot of training in, but because he relied, well, heck, I went like 350 something and. Uh, with the Ironman, I can do the same thing. Yeah. Well, what I did was I told him, I said, remember, your mom's PR is like 340. And he goes, oh, I don't. Well, he, he blew up run. He ran like a 405. He couldn't believe it. He goes, that was harder than the Ironman. So it is. Really, I mean, yeah. I, first, first hand. I, yeah, I, so, I find that hard to believe. But, um, yep. And then I, I saw, you know, hey, listen, we all know how it goes, right? You could be you know, you could be the uh, the best of the best. And I saw guys who were much 
more physically in shape than I was. They're in wheelchairs at mile 24 because they've cramped up and, or, you know, on the Ironmans, it's like your bike fails or, you know, something, I just, every race is different. Every race has a different uh, start beginning and, and, and end and, um, and journey. And, um, and they're all, they're all very, very different. Well, people, after they finish an Ironman or a marathon, they go, okay, I'm done. I don't want to think about it again. But then it's like three days later, they're planning out the next race. Have you found yourself doing that? Oh, are you kidding me? I finished Ironman Raleigh or 70.3. And I was like, that was my first. I was like, I am never doing that again. <laughs> and now I've done seven of them. So yes, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I'm like that right now. I I'm like, I hate doing marathons. Why? And the only reason I did this marathon was because Kona wasn't there. And the only reason I did the last marathon was because, uh, you know, um, Ironman Florida uh, was postponed. I, like, yes, every time I'm like, and then I'm like, well, you know, I got to go Boston. I can kind of check that one off, you know? Like, yeah. Now I've done yeah. New York, Chicago and kind of got to do Boston. So, uh. <laughs> and And I remember talking to Dave McGilvery when the schedule was set when Hawaii was still going to happen in October, it would have been Chicago, Chicago, uh, Ironman, and then uh, uh, Boston on the same weekend. I mean, I how crazy would that have been? It Incredible. Just, but obviously we didn't happen. Would you consider doing uh, the World Championship in St. George next May? I can't because of NASCAR. So, uh, you know, May's really busy with NASCAR. So I'll, the plan is Kona in October. I'll be there. There with you us. go. That's the plan there you right go. now. So my husband might divorce me by then. Because he's like, <laughs> are we going to go through this again, Shannon? And I'm like, yes, we are. I'm just glad that they postponed it before my 105-mile bike ride that I had planned that weekend. Because if they would have postponed it after that 105-mile bike ride, I would have maybe been a little bit more upset about it. I mean, I was pretty upset about it. It, it was devastating, as you know. I know you've talked to so many people. It, it was uh, a real punch in the gut to, to find out that it wasn't going to happen. Um, I felt like I was getting very close to not only being physically ready, but being mentally prepared as, as mentally prepared as I could. I had started watching a bunch of blogs and podcasts and things on the course and preparing for the course in terms of like what to expect from a heat and a wind and a, all of that stuff. So I had really started the mental preparation for Kona and, um, which I didn't do for Ironman Florida. So when Ironman Florida was postponed, it wasn't, I wasn't as upset. I was almost a little relieved because I didn't feel like I was ready, but ready, this one, yeah. I was getting pretty close to being ready. So. Yeah. Cause it was such a long time in the making for goodness sakes, you know, you've got know. <laughs> day after day after day in the training and the regiment. <laughs> I had so many people were in the same boat, Shannon. It, was difficult. Hey, what do you what do you want your boys to really the biggest lesson you'd like them to learn from from your actions and from your husband's actions and the how you guys lead your life? What do you want your boys to walk away with? Be a good person and and have respect for others. I think that's the biggest thing is is be a good person. I I hope and I and I feel like I am raising them to be good people and to be self-aware 
and um, and kind and realizing that everybody has something going on and, and a small piece of kindness in their life, I think can make a big difference. I know it can make a big difference. And um, I, I think that that's it. And I think that when you show that kindness to other people, you also show that kindness to yourself. I feel like when I was in high school and when I was in college, I made a lot of decisions um, and, and I did stupid stuff and I wasn't kind to Shannon. Uh, and so I think that when you're, when you really have kindness in your heart for other people, you're going to be kind to yourself as well. And, and I think that that's important. My kids fight, uh, they're 11 year old, uh, boys, they fight, but I feel like they have a great deal of respect for each other, which is the most important thing. Good for you. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, and that, and that will happen. You're and setting I have the foundation respect for, for them. That. I think that's important too. Uh, I think a lot of parents, um, I'm the parent, it's, this is how it's going to be. And, and I feel like my kids and I have conversations, even though they're 11 and they know that mommy really respects them. And, um, and even though mommy is law, uh, we will definitely have conversations and, and talk things out. So I think that's important. So if triathlon hadn't entered your life, Shannon, uh, what do you think you'd be in your professional life right now? Do you think you'd re be where you are at today and all you've accomplished if, if triathlon wasn't a part of your life? That's a really deep question, Mike. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't need a, I don't need a deep answer. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I would be as, I know I wouldn't be as fulfilled as I am. Um, I, I think that every, the, the triathlon, uh, community, the triathlon races, the physical active it, all of that stuff, it, it makes me mentally, physically, all of that stuff better, emotionally better, spiritually, spiritually better. I feel like, um, Nick Saban, um, every, almost every time I've interviewed him, I I've heard him say, like, you learn more about yourself during times of adversity than you do during times of, um, of, uh, victory, I guess. Uh, and I feel like every time I go out for a run, whether it be a two or three or four or 10 or 20, you're putting yourself through some sort of adversity. And I feel like you learn more about yourself. So I do feel like I'm a better person. I feel like I'm more aware of myself and, and, um, my actions because of triathlon and because of the amount of time that I spend sort of reflecting during some of those long runs and rides. And, and certainly, as I've mentioned a couple of times now, the, the people that I've met along the way have made yeah. me uh, a better human as well. Why'd you, why'd you become Shannon involved with the Ironman foundation? Why did I? Yeah. I well, when Sarah called me back in 2016, I think Dan Bergelin was the first one that reached out to me. And then when Sarah uh, reached out to me, I, I actually I think I just wanted like free swag. You know, I just wanted, like, <laughs> I just wanted like to have some cool branded stuff and and be <laughs> like you know like have something that said Iron Man on it. Uh, I didn't really know what it entailed at the time. And, and obviously now it's been five years, um, in the running and I've done service projects and, and I, I do feel like I am, a I, I don't want to say like a great ambassador, but I, I really spread the word about the Ironman foundation. It's part I of do. who I am. And I feel like, um, I, I really love what it's done for me. And, and I love being part of, of the family big time. And, um, and, um, and obviously everyone knows, uh, that by every message that I do, it's, uh, it's got something to do with the iron. It's part of me. Yeah. It, it, you know, I, I became involved four years ago and I 
sometimes kick myself that I didn't become involved earlier just because, oh, I don't have the time and stuff like that. But how it's fulfilled of being able to give back to the communities we race in. And, you know, we take, we engulf a community. We take it over, close the streets. and But to be able to give back to that community through the foundation is probably one of the best things that I've ever been able to do in the, in the sport. So it, I, like you, just love it. So let me tell you about the last question on find your finish line. It comes out of, you're going to love this, it comes out of the Baja 1000 racing world, which is a world I'm very close to because our best friends have won the Baja 1000 between grandfather, father, and son, I think eight or nine times. The uncle has won it two or three times, the McMillan family out of Southern California. And I've raced the Baja 1000 in the second seat in trophy trucks. And How'd it's, you feel it's, the day after that, Mike? I, I rolled out. When we got done, I rolled out. I couldn't even walk. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't even. It was the most exhilarating beat up. It was, it was like back-to-back Ironman, oh you know, day God. after day. But it was great. But afterwards, they get together and they call it table racing. They all sit around, whether it's out in the desert or, you know, in Cabo San Lucas, wherever, and they reminisce about the event. And it's a big tradition because... There's, you know, so many days, so many things can happen. Uh, and it always comes to a reminiscing about either a funny aspect or something they couldn't believe happened. So I call it tri-table racing. Reminisce about an event that you did uh, that you remember the memory as good or bad or indifferent or whatever. But first thing comes to your mind, reminisce, tri-table race with us. Uh, so I think the most impactful one was when I ran the 2018, uh, New York marathon and I'll, I'll do marathon because I was in New York for September 11th and I lived in Queens at the time in Astoria. And so that night on September 11th, when I walked back, um, uh, to my house from work in the city, I had to walk across Queensboro bridge with some people. And I remember sort of looking back in that space and, and seeing the smoke and seeing the, the fire, the, the, the lights of the, the fire trucks and the ambulances. And I remember that obviously it was a, it was a really, um, impactful moment on my life and on most people, obviously everyone's life. And so when I crossed the Queensboro Bridge, mile 16 in, in 2018 on foot again, and obviously the last time I was on foot on that bridge was on September 11th, it, it definitely hit me. It, it, um, it was a moment for me to sort of reflect on that day and how that day affected my life and who I am and, and, um, and the impact that it had on me. So that was, I think, one of the one of the biggest ones. I already told you about the the Raleigh thing, getting off the bike yeah. and feeling like I mean there were frogs everywhere, right? <laughs> um, but it was, um, yeah, it, that was I think the the biggest one. And then when I did Muscle Man um, this past summer, I almost tapped out in the swim. I had to, I actually had to hold on to three different life. Uh, boats because the waves were so bad and I couldn't catch my breath and my, my wetsuit was a little too tight. I had a real, real hard time. And I almost, I almost tapped out like three times. I almost tapped out and to be able to get past that hurdle and to be able to make that swim and then ultimately finish the race. What, I mean, just, just makes you so much stronger, right? You're like, I did it. I got past that. I can't get past anything. And, um, and so that was, uh, most recently, I think a really good wow. for me. Wow. It, it, you are so a sports reporter. Mike, I almost tapped out. <laughs> I love that. It's I fine. did. I did. I was like, I mean, I saw them pull like four people from the lake, Mike. It was, 
Oh. It was a rough swim. And I, I just was like, how am I going to do this? I, I don't even know if I can do this. Like, and I think in the water, you're most afraid that at any moment, like something like you just don't know how your body is going to respond. Like at any moment you could have a panic attack and you just can't control it. And it just happens and you're in the water. And so it's a real it's sort just, of like, yeah. where am I? Where am I? Like, how am I? Like, where am I here? Right. Not where am I physically, but where am I? Where am I? Where am I? Checking in with yourself to make sure that you're in a good space. Uh, I've been there. It's scary. Mm-hmm. So our age groupers out there are going through a lot, as as we all are. What what advice would you give them, Shannon? Uh, I, I mean, I guess what we just already talked about. You know, we're watching. You know, we see you. I think, um, especially with women, with moms who, you know, have to not just race, but also have to worry that the kids are taken care of, that, that, that the husband and they're going to be doing something while I'm racing. And I remember like wiping us, uh, one of my boys running nose, like in transition, uh, you know, <laughs> ran over to them and gave him a hug and he was crying because he, he was fighting with his brother. And I wiped his nose during transition. I mean, it's, you know, I, I think as a, as a mom and as a age grouper and as a woman and, we see you, we know what you're doing and, and we know the sacrifices that you're making and how hard it is. Um, and we see you and, and you're doing great things and keep it up. I love that. We see you. That is very powerful. So how can, how can people find Shannon Spake? Uh, where, where do you, to be able to converse with you, talk with you, follow you? I'm on Insta. I'm on Twitter, uh, Shannon Spake. So pretty active on, on all, I'll, I'll, I try to stay pretty active on all, you know, posting, whether it be the workouts or family stuff or, or obviously NFL stuff this time of the year. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, shoot me a message. I love hearing from folks, um, especially folks who are, um, just, you know, inspired in some way. Well, Shannon, I, I have to tell you, I, I love it when I see you on the TV, whether it's with NASCAR or the, the sidelines. And right away, I I know her. That that's so cool. I become this, you know, like I know her. And so sometimes, and people come up and say that to me, and I go, "What are you talking about? I, yeah. No big deal. It's just me." <laughs> well, that's the best part of my job, Mike. Honestly, is when my family and friends feel pride in in seeing me and seeing something that I do. I I did not get into this business to be famous. I I, I it's something I'm really not comfortable with. Um, I'm perfectly happy with the anonymity, but I do get really excited when I'm making my friends and family proud. Well, Shannon, the the endurance world of running and triathlon and Ironman is uh, uh, fortunate to have you among our ranks. So thank you very much for your time today. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, and I can't wait till we can can be behind a podium together again one day. Absolutely, and when I can hear you say those famous words to me next year in October, hopefully. I, hopefully. I guarantee it. I won't be in the porta potty. I I but guarantee I it. I will come and find you in the porta potty, Mike Ryan. I know. If you are in the porta potty when I cross that finish line. Honest, honest, honest. I won't. I I won't. I, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I will come and find you. I, will, uh, I know. I, I know you will. I, I don't want that door flying open. Okay, so I'll be there for you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Promise. <laughs> All right. Have a great day. Take care of yourself and and keep doing it. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Thank you. 
Well, thank you everyone for listening in to another edition of Find Your Finish Line presented by Curad Performance, the official medical supplier of Ironman. If you like the show, leave a review for us if you would. We'd love to hear it, good or bad. Just leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Hey, and always keep in mind, you're the cause of your own experience. Keep those experiences positive and you'll find your finish line. As always, my warmest aloha.